What's up everyone? It's Warren Hayes here again. Mr. Warren Hayes. You know, just to make sure we keep the... Gotta make sure we keep the gimmick alive here. How's everybody doing? Welcome. We're in the ongoing coverage of the G1 Climax 32. The big New Japan tournament that's going on. We're going to be covering days, nights, nights or days, 13 and 14. Uh, I'm recording this on August 9, and I finally got around to watching the G1 action that happened today on night 14. So, we're going to bundle up a couple and talk about it. But of course, before we start, consider subscribing to the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel if you haven't already. You'll get the rest uh, of, of, of my G1 coverage as we keep moving along here. You'll also get notified when I, you know, record the Mr. Warren Hayes Show proper right here. So, go right ahead and do that. And if you're Listening to this audio on your podcast application, well, consider subscribing, following, joining. Give us a like. Give us a a, a, a five-star review on Apple Podcast, a five-star rating on Spotify. Those things help out a great deal. Tremendous deal. Just like I enjoy talking about pro wrestling. And if you want to chat about it in the comments here on YouTube, go right ahead. I will jump in. No questions asked. Especially since it's getting really exciting now, we're on, we're 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 heading into the tail end of the tournament. There's four nights of action, of block action left, right? If I am not mistaken, before we get into the semis and the finals, that's right. Night 18 is the uh, final night of the tournament of the of block action on August 16. Then on the 17. It is the uh, it's uh, the semifinals for the blocks and night twenty, the finals on August eighteenth to crown a winner. That'll be exciting. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are too. But as it stands right now, let's get right into the recap of night thirteen that happened on August seven. Happened at uh, the I, I still can't. Aidan, Aidan, the Osaka Prefectural Gymnasium. That's what it took place. Started off with Evil defeating Aaron Hanare. Now look, you know, as as much as we got a we got a fun Evil match a couple of nights ago with uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. You now where I. I not outright saying that you know this was fan you know it was a fantastic match or that you know it was the greatest thing that I ever saw, but there were elements to it that made it stand out, right? That's what I that's what I argued. That's what I got forward here, and this is exactly what you'd think this was as far as an evil match goes. Going in into a, a, with a guy against a guy like Aaron Hanare, you know, evil goes in after him right before the bell. Hanare fire, fires back with a kick and he goes to the floor. Uh, Togo and uh, Evil Trapanari, but uh, he tries to fight back, but he, he just can't. Evil chokes him out with a with a, a, a t-shirt. Hanari gets launched off the apron into the timekeeper's table, so they do that spot. Look, th- I mean, this is an average by-the-book match with some g- good offense by both guys. And Evil doing his nonsense, you know, there's a spot where Evil gets uh, the referee to slap Aaron Hanare right in the face. And there's a ref bump too. There's, you know, Dick Togo throws in a chair. You get Aaron Hanare who gets, uh, who gets a visual unlocking in his finisher, but his full Nelson, what does he call it? The Ultimo. But Evil eventually launches a chair at his head, nails everything as Evil, and he's cooked. We're done. It's fine. Hanare wasn't... Uh, Hanare wasn't uh, meant to be a player in this uh, tournament here. But uh, Evil stays alive at four points. I mean, there's nothing else to add here. It was a, a low-level Evil match. Tom Lawler defeated Bad Luck Fale. And look, honestly, there is no more blood to squeeze out of this Bad Luck Fale stone. Okay? We're done. Like, like frankly, because look, here's the thing. Still booking Fale as an invincible monster type thing, right? As a guy who, 
you know, uh, 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 who has uh, who has everything, you know, all the tools for him to be this great beast, you know, this. But honest to God, Lawler should have been running circles around this guy, picking, you know, picking his leg, you know, getting in some quick strikes. Lawler, Lawler is a. Yeah, he's a he's legit MMA fighter, catch wrestler. He knows his way around. Like, there's no way in that Lawler would just like try to hit sleepers upon sleepers. Like, come on, man. He's so much faster and nimbler. This should have been a much more interesting match than what it turned out to be. Because of the way it was produced, because of the way it was put on. Anyway, Lawler gets the win with the uh and KOTB and that's it. Uh, again, I've got I, I've got no more use for Bad Luck Folly, who officially is eliminated. Like this was this was the death knell for him. We'll talk about that later, but we we crossed this big boy out. Uh, we also have Juice Robinson, who defeated El Fantasmo in this match by disqualification. Look, I. You know, I thought this was pretty fun. I enjoyed this for what it was. Bullet Club guys are here for the ha-has. You know, the come, the we keep hearing about, you know, the Bullet Club, Civil War, and all that stuff, but you know, there's still a faction. It's a team. You know, they're both they're a bunch of snakes. They're all in it just for, you know, just for the money. There's no real other reason for them to be all paired up together. But, um, you know, so they, you know, they're like, <laughs> they, they do stuff. They accuse the ref of farting in the ring and they do a wrestling exhibition, which I thought was pretty fun. And they do comedy spots, right? Until they legit try to start rolling each other up, trying to get a win, a cheap win over the other. And then they bring in some chairs, set up a table and they arm wrestle. El Fantasma uses two hands to win, which pisses off Robinson. He throws a chair at him, and now we get our match starting. There's a pile driver up on the ramp by Robinson. Fantasma dumps uh, Robinson to the floor, uh, and ELP goes for this crazy dive at some point. And boy, howdy, thankfully, Robinson caught him because he was going high and fast. Robinson really did catch him, and I hope I hope he bought him. I hope he bought him a sandwich after after that match because <laughs> could have been a lot worse. Good work on on Juice on that one. Uh, there's a table being uh, set up. Uh, ELP rams uh, uh, Juice's head right through it, like he's going hard at it, and it punctures right through the table. Juice is bleeding, bleeding hard way on this one. Springboard splash by El Fantasmo and a Styles Clash V-Trigger. And once again, El Fantasmo tries to go for the one-winged angel, but he can't hit it. I'm going to tell you, and I, I've mentioned this in the past, and I want to re re reiterate this. Think of, think of some of the great Bullet Club leaders that we've had, right? They've started as juniors, right? Well, you know, the OG, Prince Devitt, right? Maybe not considered specifically a junior heavyweight, but, you know, uh, uh, AJ Styles wasn't exactly the heaviest of heavyweights either. And you had Kenny Omega come through uh, as well. You know, Jay White never... Con- but look, my point here. I'm talking myself out of my point here. <laughs> We're having this, this same type of trajectory... For El Fantasmo, right? And he likes to pull out the finishers of former Bullet Club members. I'm, I'm telling you guys, this is something to keep an eye on because I would, I you know, New Japan liked the guy. I think he brings a lot of theatrics that a guy like Ghetto really likes because Ghetto likes his uh, American style wrestling quite a bit. So he likes this uh, attitude. That Phantasmo brings along. And Phantasmo is an incredibly talented pro wrestler. And I think we've only seen 
uh, we've only seen crumbs as to what he's capable of doing, like completely unleashed. I think he has a very, very high ceiling. And I think Bullet Club leadership is part of that package that he is uh, that he is offering. So I think these little these little uh, these little uh, this little uh, 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 breadcrumb trail that we've set for him or that he's setting for himself, whatever way you want to look at it, uh, is going to lead eventually to him being a Bullet Club leader and imagine the day that he does land the one winged angel like he tries every he he tries not every time but oftentimes he, he can't land it but the day he does and whether he wins the match or not with it is irrelevant it's the day he does land it that's going to be important anyway strikes and kicks by both guys uh juice hits the left hand of god pulp friction but Phantasmo kicks out. Juice tries to pile drive Phantasmo on the on a chair, but Phantasmo low blows him. Phantasmo then grabs the chair and chucks it right at Juice, right under the eyes of the ref. And the ref goes, "Look, I, I cannot not DQ this," and he does. He disqualifies El Phantasmo. Uh, two points for Juice here. Fun little match, like you know. Uh, I I enjoyed the ha-has here. I think they I think it worked because you got two very uh two very capable guys to make this entertaining. I enjoyed it, thought it was fun, but uh you know a little more would have overstayed its welcome. Good dosage. Chase Owens then in the B block uh in a B block match here. Again, I'm not ta- talking about uh, the blocks. This is B block here. B block match. Chase Owens defeated Tomohiro Ishii. I thought this was a fun little match that had absolutely no incidents on the block. Like this was completely useless. Because both Chase and Ishii have been eliminated effectively from the tournament. So this had no uh no incidents at all. But I thought it was a I thought it was fun. I thought it was a very fun, strong match. Shoulder blocks and chops by both guys. Uh, Chase does a wild hyperextension of Tomohiro Ishii's knee and he, Owens starts working it. Ishii, though, no-sells a grapevine and suplexes. Owens, there's a Saito suplex by Ishii, a neck breaker by Chase Owens, a pendulum drop kick by Owens that sends Ishii into the guardrails. On the floor, Chase Owens sunset bombs Ishii right into the rails in a vicious spot. Because Ishii landed in all sorts of hurt on that one. His neck just bounced off the bottom rung of the red. Like it was disaster averted on that one. Uh, Jewel Heist is avoided. Ishii hits a German suplex to defend himself. A stalling suplex then follows. Superplex, I should say. Pardon me. By Ishii follows. Chase Owens tries to land a jewel heist again, or he lands it this time. Dragon suplex by Ishii, super kick by Owens. Ishii avoids the package pile driver and eats a kick instead. Then the rebound lariat by Owens connects, but Ishii headbutts Chase Owens, and they both fall down in a fun little exchange. Snap half and a half suplex by Chase Owens. Rebound sliding lariat by Ishii. Follows that, so he's pulling out stuff from... Chase Owens' playbook, C-Trigger by Chase Owens, Package Pile Driver is avoided again, there's more strikes, and then Zaguri by Ishii, and a rebound Lariat, but the Package Pile Driver finally does end up connecting, and Chase Owens makes out with the victory here, so Chase Owens, despite the fact that his tournament is done, picking up another victory, I thought, like I said, I thought this was a fun Fun match, strong, good stuff. And then the main event. The main event. Jonah defeated Kazuchika Okada. Let me say that again. Jonah defeated Kazuchika Okada. Now, what did your boy Warren do on the previous uh, uh, edition of the G132 recap show for night's uh, 11 and 12. What did... I sat around here and I made a case for Jonah defeating Kazuchika Okada. I sat here and I was like, you know what? We, and we were talking it through. 
you were thinking about it. It was like the more we were talking about it, it was like, you know what? Jonah's probably going to defeat Okada because it adds more entry. Because yeah, and and I started to go down this route when he, he being Jonah, defeated Jeff Cobb. And what did I tell you guys? What did I tell you guys? I said, Gato wants to set up big monsters, you know, guys who pose a threat to Okada. So you, you have Jonah defeat Jeff Cobb, which is a guy that Kizuchika Okada is able to, to defeat. In fact, Jonah is the only other guy who's defeated Jeff Cobb in the G1. So that sort of puts them on the same type of level. Then we get to this match here and I'm like, you know, if, if, if Jonah wins here, it just adds intrigue to the block. And there you have it. We have something interesting to talk about in, in, in block A. And this is all stuff that I laid out. Just a couple of nights ago, before this aired. Now, I don't want to say my G1 Climax 32 recap, my coverage is the best. I don't want to say it. You know, not out loud. Not, not into a microphone while I'm being recorded. But you know, think y'all came to the right place. That's what I'm trying to tell you for some G1 coverage. So look, this was, I think, unquestionably the biggest surprise of the tournament. I think this uh, uh, overshadows uh, Aaron Hanare and um, uh, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. I think this has the, uh, whereas, you know, you'd expect Tanahashi, you're like, yeah, he'll put over, he'll put, he'll put over a younger guy. You know, and at the start of the tournament, there's always a surprise upset win. I think this one is a little bigger, especially this late in the tournament. Jonah, Jonah overpowers uh, Okada early in this match. Okada fights back, but he gets knocked to the floor. The senton off the apron is avoided. Uh, Okada uses the barricade against him. They fight up the ramp and Okada charges, uh, but uh, Jonah charges Okada down. And Jonah's just whipping Okada everywhere. Does Okada doesn't give up a lot. Gave up, I should say, a lot of offense here in this these first few segments. He uh, there wasn't much retaliation here. Running European uppercuts, though, he tries uh, to get some offense here, string some stuff together. DDTs by Okada in the ring and on the floor. Topic on Hilo as well, but hey, spear by Jonah, a senton, a big. Back body drop followed by uh, by Okada. That was huge, though. Jonah hits a flying splash, lariat, and uh, lariat by Jonah, and the crowd just gasps at that one because he just folded Okada. It was nuts. There's a drop kick by Okada. The body slam, diving elbow. He goes for the rainmaker. It's avoided by Jonah, but Okada hits a, another drop kick. A German. Jonah traps both of Okada's arms, headbutts him. Huge running lariat by Jonah. Okada's on the top rope, but Jonah grabs him and power bombs him off the turnbuckles, then picks him up into another power bomb, goes to the top rope, lands the torpedo, and there's a roar in the audience because no one can believe it. Jonah got a win over the Rainmaker, one of the greatest in the world. It's a big deal. It's a big. Uh, it's a big shocker, and I'm here for it. I dig it. I love it. Adds a little more stuff, and I thought this was a. I thought this was a very good match. Uh, uh, sure, match of the night. You know, nothing that I would lose my mind over and tell y'all drop everything and go see this. But this A block match ruled. It was very good. And it, it was finally a good moment for Jonah to shine as well. Because his previous matches hadn't been hadn't been all that stellar. I don't think, you know, this match was with Yano, which was his opening match. I still think it's such a weird way to debut. But it was a strange match. I think his match with Cobb was fine. That was good. It was all right. But we've seen better, especially out of those two. 
Uh, and um, I'm forgetting one. Which one am I forgetting? Oh, as much with Archer too. Was you know it was all right. Look, this was this was Jonah's shining moment. I think he you know everyone worked hard here to make him look good, and he did look good. Well, he was up there with six points. He got himself a win and delivers the first loss to the Rainmaker. So that's a big deal. But I think on top of it all, Jonah really needed this match. I think he really needed this match for it to look, for, for him to look good. To come across as looking really, really strong. I think he really needed it. Overall, <clears throat> I don't think night 13 is a particularly good night of the G1. I think it's a fine night of the G1. Um, I think there are two matches which are completely, uh, which are complete misses on this card. But as we progress, things get better. Ends with a very, very good, very entertaining main event. But uh, outright recommendations... Not necessarily. Nothing that you... Like, you know, if you want to see Jonah get arguably the biggest win of his career, go right ahead. You will be entertained. I also kind of doubt it had to go 21 minutes. Let's go to night 14 on August 9, which was today. The uh, Hiroshima... Sun planet, the plaza. I always want to say planet, sun planet. Sun's a star, and you can't have a you can't have a a, a wrestling show on the sun. That's nuts, man. That's that science fiction gone too far. Hiroshima Sun Plaza in Hiroshima started off with Yujiro Takahashi defeating Yoshihashi. I am not going to spend in the D, in the D block match. I am not going to spend excessive amount of time on this. <clears throat> Matches that work Yujiro's pace stink. And this match stunk. Because it was... Look, despite knowing really well how well Yoshihashi can turn up to matches. And as I said previous in this this G1 uh, 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 coverage. Yoshihashi is one of these guys who works really hard for for his losses. But you can only work as hard as you can when the pace is being dictated by sack of shit. Yujiro Takahashi. I'm retiring the Tokyo Pimp bit. I'm done. It's retired. Uh, as of today. And as good as Yoshihashi's G1 has been so far, because I think he has had, you know, a, one of the most consistently good uh, outings from anyone in the tournament... This blue, even El Fantasmo, who is accompanying Kevin Kelly on commentary for this match, says when they announce, when when the the house uh, announcer says that 10 minutes are gone by, ELP on commentary says, 10 minutes gone feels like 20. And I don't even think he, I think that was a shoot, brother. I don't think he was just taking a dig here. Look, this match is exactly what you think it is in a Yujiro-paced match. Just picture that in your mind and this is exactly what it is. There's distractions by show to top all of this bullshit off that allow Yujiro to hit the big juice for the win and I feel bad for Yoshihashi because Yoshihashi... Puts in the fucking work. And I am in a tournament in the G1 where fucking Yujiro Takahashi, sack of shit, is up there at six points. Ridiculous. Next match was B-Block action. Sonata defeated Chase Owens. In a uh, in a match again that has no incidents in uh, in the the, the B block uh, whatsoever. Right now the B block is a three man 
uh, situation. We'll talk about the standings a little bit because as you remember last week, as we were talking, as I was doing this live, well, live recording anyway, uh, I came to the summation that Sonata was done because uh, Sonata, uh, Sonata uh, lost to, um, last time when we, when we spoke, uh, Sonata was uh, two and two, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's right. He was two and two and he uh, has a loss He's, he lost against Jay White. So I surmise that even if Sonata won his next two matches, such as this one against Chase Owens, and made it to the top, that would make him bring him to eight points. So even if Jay White lost his two other matches and they were tied at eight, Sonata would still lose because White has the uh, White has the tiebreaker. So Sonata effectively, despite the fact that he's losing, despite the fact that he's still up there in points, his tournament's done. And I'm sure there's a wacky scenario in which he could pull it off, but I don't see it. Because he's got one match left, and it's against Ishii. Fair chance he'll win. He'll bring him up to eight points, but as I said, even if White loses his next two matches... Hell, Tomatonga even beat uh, Sonata. Sonata's roasted. He's toast. Anyway, I still enjoyed this match. I thought it was pretty good. Sonata gets the paradise like lock, locked, lock, leak like locked in. After some back and forth between both guys, uh, Chase Owens gets back in control with some punches and stomps to the orbital bone of Sonata, that pesky orbital bone bone. Sanada leapfrogs and drop kicks and hits a pescado. Uh, Owens hits a snapmare from the second rope. Uh, he also uh, blocks an O'Connor roll attempt by Sanada and locks in Skull End on Sanada himself. Uh, so he's feeling lucky. So Owens is like, I'm going to go for a moonsault. He goes up, but Sanada avoids it. Then Sanada goes for the moonsault. Chase Owens lifts up the knees, followed by a very near fall. There's a jumping knee strike by Owens. Package bald pile driver is reversed into a Rana by Sonata. Sonata lands the moonsault after a pop-up TKO that honestly could have looked a lot better. Skull End uh, is locked in. Chase Owens tries his best to break out of it, but can't. Ref stoppage. Sonata gets two points. Fun little match. <clears throat> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Great work from both guys in this match here. And we're going to move on to a B-block match. Tamatanga defeating Taichi. So, are we going to have all sorts of lore now surrounding Iska's Iron Claw Glove now? Is that the thing now? Is Because, uh, I mean, that was, this is the kind of shit that turns me off. This is the kind of thing that... Re Look. Let me put this into better context. Shit that turns me off. I... There's things that I expect out of North American Wrestling. Primarily the World Wrestling Entertainment Company. And I've come to accept that. I've come to live with it. Because that's part of the presentation, right? If I watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. I am specifically tuning in to watch some great pro wrestling, as devoid as it can be from shenanigans and all the North American influences of modern day wrestling that sometimes make modern day North American pro wrestling sometimes occasionally really tedious to watch. I tune into Japanese wrestling because then I see guys wrestling, I see the pure aspect of it, I don't have the sports entertainment nonsense. So. When I'm in the fucking G1, the biggest wrestling tournament of the year, the most famous, the most uh, uh, prestigious, the one that is considered to be top tier. When I get, when I sit down and I watch people getting 
possessed by a fucking metal glove. I'm like, what the hell am I watching? Because now it goes up to another level. If it was on a, you know, a run-of-the-mill, uh, 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 you know, maybe a Road 2 show, the undercard, I'm like, ah, okay, you know, cutesy-wootsy, let's move on kind of thing. Let's Please, let's not make this a thing. But it's happening in the G... It's happening not only in New Japan, on the upper mid-card, but in the middle of the fucking G1. There were two in this match. There were two matches. There was pre uh, 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 glove possession, and there was post glove possession. And I swear, I, I promise you, I wish the entire match would have been post glove possession. If we had just skipped all the bullshit beforehand and just stuck to that, we would have had a fantastic match, which is what we should have got. Regardless, because it's the G1, plus it's Tamatanga and Taichi who are in here wrestling for stakes. They have legit stakes. They both came into this match three with three matches left to go. One match against each other, then two others. Their points here are crucial. The stakes built themselves in this one here. But... We, why did we add this level of, you know, supernatural hokey bullshit in this when the legitimate tournament story was so much more interesting? Because now that we have this result, sends the B block into another level of speculation. I told you guys there are three people left in this tournament, in the block, in B block. Two of them are in this in this match right here. No, oh, the ghost of Izuka. I, I I don't know what it was. I call him Izuka Izuka. Excuse me. Taichi in this match, he works the heel a lot more than what we've seen him do recently. He works a lot more heel. Um, I get really to bring out Tamatanga's uh, babyface side, which was smart. And he tries to get Tamatanga to wear the gloves. See, that's a very heel thing. But then Taichi does some moves and he gets riled up. And then at some point he's hearing voices and he feels compelled to wear the glove. But then he shakes it off, right? And then Tamatanga, after that, hits a DVD and the Supreme Flow. And then he tries to go for the gun stun, but then the glove reaches out to him and then he feels compelled. I'm like, what am I fucking watching? But once Tamatanga shakes that off, we don't speak of the glove again. We're good for the rest of the match. Gun stun into a ghetto clutch, which was cool. Uh, 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 Tamatanga goes for another gun stun, which is blocked into the dangerous suplex by Taichi. Got some back and forth. An enziguri by Tamatanga. Buzzsaw kick by Taichi. Some strikes from both dudes. Drop kick by Tonga. Axe bomber by Taichi. Sumo style throw. Taichi's getting warmed up. He runs towards Tamatanga, but right into a gun stun for the win. See, wasn't that fun? Wasn't it good and fun the way that I was bringing and delivering it to you, doing the little move, the move by move recap here? Because that's what it was. It's, it was exciting. But we had to get through all of this possession bullshit. And we're, next thing you know, we're going to have tons of Reddit threads about the lore of Izuka's fucking iron glove. Just, uh, it, that, it annoyed me. You know, it just annoyed me. And everything is a question of context, folks. It's always context, right? It's always, always about context. And I promise you, I wouldn't have been, I would not be as irritated about this, you know, this spooky stuff if it wasn't any other context. 
than the goddamn G1 in a block where everyone is scrambling for points, where there, where two of the guys who are still relevant in this conversation are fighting each other. Like this was, this should have been the story. Pure and simple. So that's what irritates me. That's what bugs me because that was like, man, we are completely, completely missing the missing the point here. Lance Archer defeated Jonah. That was a bit of a surprise on this one here. I was a little shocked. Does this mean Jonah got lucky? Well, I mean, Jonah did lose to Toriano. I like this match a lot. And I think this was my favorite A block Haas match from the tournament. You know, it's like Jonah came alive with that Kazuchika Okada match. And Archer came in and he was ready to kick some ass. And I don't know, man. Everything connected. Everything worked. Just both guys just like going extremely hard on each other. They knew that we're two big dudes. We're going to do big dude things. And Jesus, it worked. And Jonah's in control early on. He splashes Lance Archer. But Lance Archer then runs him over. Corner attacks by Archer. Jonah slams him. Archer avoids the senton, goes for a senton himself, but Jonah avoids it as well. Big power slam by Archer. And for the life of me, Archer lifts Jonah up for the blackout. God damn. But Jonah wriggles free. We just needed the visual of Archer lifting Jonah for that. I can't imagine. I can't imagine Archer landing it. It's got to be dangerous with dudes that big. I don't know. Big Larry by Jonah. Jonah goes up top with a... And, and Archer follows right in with a run-up knee strike, which is fan... Like, you don't... Like, just a... He's too big to be doing that kind of shit, but he's pulling it off. And I'm like, oh, God, this rules. This rules. On the floor now, uh, Jonah with a flying tackle off the apron. Bad dude Tito. Of course, of the Mighty Don't Kneel, the faction that uh, 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 Jonah is in. He runs right in front of Lance Archer who's doing a senton on Jonah and he takes the brunt of that senton protecting his boy but Archer does everything he can to keep Jonah on the mat keeping him from entering the ring and he wins by count out another count out win in the tournament and this is Archer's first but he also lost by count out right against you know, fucking bad luck folly for fuck's sake. I enjoyed this. I thought that this is my favorite Haas match of uh, of Block A. I liked it. Main event time. Tetsuya Naito defeated Kenta. No surprise there. I told you guys. Kenta's not Kenta, but Naito. Naito's not eating one more loss. Until he reaches the uh, the semifinals, he's not uh, not eating a single loss. Stalling by both dudes to start this off, they do tranquilos, you know, and Kenta's version. You know. uh, it's all fun and games until Naito drags Kenta to the floor. Kenta clocks him with the mallet as. Uh, tosses him over the ramp as well. Kenta's in control, works the neck and head. Naito lands a neck breaker and uh, elbows and a basement dropkick and the combination cabron as well. He uh, locks him the full the full nel- the the leg full Nelson. Kenta with a DDT. Tento, ten, tenta. Kenta with a DDT. Naito with a swinging DDT. Kenta hits a top rope dream killer, which was pretty cool. Kerner kicks and a drop kick by Kenta, followed by the coup de grace. There's an Esperanza by Naito. Kicking a, an Abusaiku knee by Kenta. GTS gets reversed into a neck breaker by Naito. And we get a big strike exchange. Palm strikes by Kenta. Inzigirian flying forearm by Naito who then eats the steel turnbuckle because it was exposed, of course, and he gets busted open right on the bridge of his nose. Hopefully, hopefully nothing's broke. Jesus Christ. The luck, Naito's luck. 
Busekuni again by Kenta, but Naito hits Valencia. Destino. We're done. He gets another two points. Um, I thought this was very well worked. I think Naito and Kenta have tons of chemistry together. And I think uh I think this uh I I would I would go in the year of our Lord 2022 for a Kenta Tetsuya Naito program. I think these guys have a lot more under um under the belt you know there's a lot of people that's like oh this isn't the naito because you have the story for both these guys right it's like this isn't the naito of you know 2014 2015 this isn't the kenta of 2008 or whatever and they're not wrong right you know these when these guys were wrestling in the absolute uninjured prime of their career these guys were Fan, like mind-blowingly fan, fantastic right they had to adapt their styles uh, uh as they got older as their bodies just became riddled with injuries and i thought that this they they did they did a bit of magic here wouldn't say complete magic but there's there's definite chemistry and an understanding how both these guys worked that was really entertaining absolutely entertaining you know, this wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be the matchup we would have got 10 years ago. But I think there is a lot of good to come out of a Naito-Kenta rematch. I'd You could, built properly, given the amount of, proper amount of hype, and th- this could be a, uh, this could be a match of significance for a Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, I, I think there's more, uh, there's more, uh, gas in this uh, in this Naito Kenta vehicle. I really do. I recommend this match. Like you know, I. But uh, sure, go have yourselves a good, fun main event. Well worked, smartly worked. On top of that, from two of uh, the best to ever do it. Standings. Let's talk about them. If you're watching on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes right now, ah, you see the standings right here. Block A is, uh, we now have a three-way tie for uh, the top spot. Kazuchika Okada, Jonah, Lance Archer are all at the top. Jeff Cobb, Tom Lawler, and Bad Luck Fale are all at four. Bad Luck Fale, though, is um, has one more match in the can. So his tournament is officially done. He's toast. He's gone. Thank you for playing. Better luck next time. Um, I mean, mathematically speaking, if he... No, not even because, you know, most most of the other people in the tournament... Hang on a second. I don't want to say just about it. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Okada still has two more matches. So Okada has a possibility of of eight. Jonah has, two, uh, has uh, one more match. Uh, well, no... Okada has a possibility of 10, excuse me. Uh, Jonah has a possibility of 8, he's got one more match. And Archer has one more match. Like, And Folly has one more match. He's effectively done. Because Okada has the win on top. Like, there's no way he's winning, you know what I mean? Um. So Okada's next two matches are against... Lance Archer and Tom Lawler, which, you know, I kind of fully still expect Okada to win. And I think um, I'm a little surprised that Art, that uh, Jonah lost his match to Archer because I was figuring that they might, um, they might boost this one a little more. But look, they're adding a little drama here. Lance Archer versus Kazuchika Okada, which is going to be uh, coming up on the 14th. Uh, wait, when is it coming up? Uh, excuse me, not the 14. Uh, Okada's not wrestling for a while, so we're not even uh, his match against Lawler. Yeah, it's going to be on night 15, on August 10th, so tomorrow. So you see, the way I'm seeing it right now, 
this is probably how it's going to work out, right? Because Lance Archer has two more matches and so does Okada. I think Kazuchika Okada is going to... I think they're both going to win their next match. And then their last match together... Then their last match uh, is on night... um, Is on night 18. So it's going to come down to that. This is what we're angling for. So Archer's going to win his next match. Okada's going to win his next match. And then on night 18... Lance Archer versus Kazuchika Okada at the top of the block. I think I think that's a safe bet right there. I think that's what's happening. B Block has Jay White still up there, the only wrestler that still has a perfect record at eight points, four and zero. Oh. Tamatanga and Sonata are both at six points. As I pointed out, Sonata's tournament just logically is finished. Even if mathematically he's still in it, he cannot win it. He's done. Uh, and uh, Tai Chi uh, is uh, at four points alongside Chase Owens and Great Okan, Tomohiro Ishii, both at two points. Owens, Great Okan, Ishii, we all um, eliminated, uh, eliminated them last time when Jay White won. Um, so, so the interesting part, see, this is why it pisses me off. That they did the 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 fucking supernatural bullshit with with Tai Chi and Tamatanga because this match had more larger implications than it sh- than what was provided. So Jay White, his last two matches are against Tama and Tai Chi, right? Those are his last two matches. Tai Chi on top of that, and and both these guys. Tamatanga and Tai Chi, their last two matches are against the Great Okan. A Great Okan can go ahead and, 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 and score two more points. That won't change a thing. But it's still interesting to see how this block is going to turn out. Because if Jay... I don't think Jay White is going to... His next match, if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to say too many things at once here, is against Tai Chi. Right. His next match is against Tai Chi. And I think he's going to win. And I think we're going to stretch this Tamatanga stuff to the very end. It's Tamatanga's match against Jay White is on night 18 as well. So, perennial babyface, or at least they're trying to make him into a babyface, right? And I think it's working. I, th- I, think it, I think it was a good gamble. I think it's working. I'm excited to see, like, the. I'm excited to hear the Japanese crowds, once they can start fucking cheering again, to hear what kind of ta- what kind of reception Tamatanga truly is getting. I see Tamatanga defeating Great Okan at this point. I think it's entirely feasible. I think, uh, so that would bring him up to eight points. That would tie him with Jay White. I could see Tai Chi defeating Jay White. But if Tai Chi beats Jay White, I think that inevitably means that Jay White is winning the block. If Jay White beats Tai Chi, I think there is a strong case to be made for Tamatanga winning the block. Because then it will really be like a, an underdog, come from behind, struggle to get to the top type of story. Where Tamatanga... If Tamatango beats, see, if Tamatanga beats Great Okan, he'll be at eight points. If Jay White beats Tai Chi, he's going to be at 10. So Tamatanga wins. It's I, I think it's entirely possible for a surprise comeback victory on the final night of the block for big baby, a big baby face comeback. For Tamatanga against the despicable Jay White, who's been beating everyone in the block. Tamatanga is the only one who gives him his, his loss. Gets a big baby face reaction. Ties with Jay White at eight points, but he's got the tiebreaker, so he moves on to the finals of B block. 
because Jay White is not making it to the finals. I really don't. I really don't. I, like, because I still think Kazuchika Okada might, might make Well, I mean, look, if we get... Yeah, because I still think Kazuchika Okada is going to be in the finals. I still think Okada is going to be in the finals. And why not give give us an Okada Tamatanga big baby face semifinals? Because it's going to be the winner of block A versus block B. I think that works. And you're not doing Kazuchika Okada Jay White as the semifinal of your fucking G1. You're hanging on to that one. You're putting it in your pocket. That's a that's that's a money match. That's a match people will pay to see. Don't just pull it out of nowhere for your fucking G1. What are you talking about? Semi-finals. What is this? So, look. Let's go down Warren's road here. I say Jay White beats Tai Chi. Tai Chi beats... After that, it doesn't really matter whether Tai Chi beats Great O'Connor or not. Jay White beats Tai Chi. He's at 10 points. Tamatanga beats um, beats Great Okan. Brings him at 8. Did I say 8 points earlier? We were talking about 10. 10 points. It'll bring him to 8 points. He fights Jay White on the last night. Jay White, 10 points. Tamatanga at 8. Crawls his way back to a big babyface victory on the final night of the G1. Gets 10 points locked in. He has the tiebreaker over Jay White. He wins the B block. I think that's a good story. And sets up a a plausible title defense for Jay White on the road to Wrestle Kingdom against Tamatanga. You know, it'll be a fun little event, a fun little defense. No one's going to really expect Jay White to drop it. But there you go. You have your... You have a defense on the way to Wrestle Kingdom. I think this all works out. C-Block. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tetsuya Naito all at six points. Hiroki Goto and Evil at four. Kenta and Aaron Hanare at two. Hanare, of course, has been out. And I'm, I'm, I'm not quite ready to completely banish Kenta to the dark side. Because I... Look... My gut feeling says everyone is eliminated except Tetsuya Naito. You know, it's just because I, I, that's clearly the path here. But like mathematically speaking, Kenta is still in this. He can beat Hanare for four points and he could upset, upset Hiroshi Tanahashi for another, uh, another two points and that'll bring him up to six. Zack Sabre Jr., has to uh Zack Sabre Jr. has Naito and Evil left. So there's no real saying. Like Evil could pull out a win. I don't think that's gonna happen though. Like I <clears throat> for all intents and purposes in logic, right? Especially considering that Naito and Saber are fighting on the last night. Uh Kent is eliminated. But I I you know it's not as clear cut. It's not it's not as there's still some mathematical possibilities here. Same goes for Goto. Same goes for Evil. Like Naito only has one match left, right? Saber has two. So Naito has to. His last match is against Zack Saber Jr. I think Zack Saber Jr. is going to win the next match, but is going to lose to Naito. I don't think Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to be an issue. You know. There's no clear... There's no clear conclusions here. Anyway. And Block D. Block D still pretty open. Still the most intriguing one. Dave Finley, Shingo Takagi, and fucking Yujiro at six points. Am I... This is insane. I'm I'm talking about the end of a block in a G1 tournament and Yujiro is in the is in contention. What the fucking hell? 
Will Ospreay, Yoshihashi at four, Juice Robinson at four, and El Fantasma is at two. Um, Juice Robinson is done. He only has one more match. We had eliminated him last time, I believe. Uh, he has one more match left, and it's against Will Ospreay, and Will Ospreay is winning it. Because I am still convinced that Will Ospreay is winning this block. Will has two matches left against Juice and against uh, Yoshihashi. His and uh, uh, um, Osprey's match um, against Juice is on the final night. The final night is going to be a resolution of a lot of blocks. I wouldn't see why this would be any exception. On top of that, Juice has lost to everyone who is in the lead right now. He's lost to Shingo. He's lost to Finley. So even if he wins another match and gets to six points and everyone stays at six points everywhere else, most people have, uh, even Yoshihashi has the fucking win over him. Did I say he has a win over Shingo? Excuse me. He has a win over, he has a win over Shingo, but he has, uh, but Yujiro has a win over um, Juice. I haven't counted out El Fantasmo yet. He has two more to go. He could climb up. He could win the four. Like, again, this is another one where, for all intents and purposes, I think his tournament is done. But he could also score... Um, he, he could score six points. Like, there's still something... To be considered in the running here. He has a win over Yujiro. Look. Mathematically. It's still very open in this block here. It's not as cut and dry as in the B block. Um, so there's still. You know there's still possibility. But I mean for all intents and purposes. ELP's tournament is over. So is Juice's. Um. You know, I don't think Yoshiashi is going to be that big of a deal. But I think Will is going to win his next two matches. He's going to be up there at eight. I don't expect... Uh, I, I don't expect uh, Dave Finley... To to start running away, uh, running away from the pack. Is he even... Uh, I don't even think he's on the last night of... Uh, he's not wrestling... On uh, night 18, so that to me is a uh, is a bit of an indicator. Got Shingo and El Fantasmo on night 18, so Shingo might position himself a little better. The intrigue is a little more fun here. There's a lot more possibilities on this one, but I still think I still think Will is pulling out the win for the D block. So as things are positioned now, I think our semifinals are going to be Kazuchika Okada versus Tamatanga. And uh, Tetsuya Naito versus Will Ospreay. Not bad. Not bad at all. And um, that about wraps it up for this time. What's going on over the next two nights? Nights 15 and 16? Night 15 is going to be August 10, there ergo uh, tomorrow at the moment that I'm recording this. Hiroshima Sun Plaza again. Uh, we're going to get some uh, A block, uh, well, D block action. El Fantasma versus Dave Finley. I think El Fantasma is going to be a spoiler from this point on. I think that's going to be his thing. I think he's going to cause Dave Finley a match here. B block is going to be Tamatanga versus the Great Okan. C block, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Evil. Uh, Kazuchika Okada will be taking on Tom Lawler in the A block and another C block match. Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Hiroki Goto. Then on night 16, August 13, from the Mashita Gymnasium in Tokyo, Kenta versus Aaron Hanare. Toriyano, uh, that's in C block, of course. A block will be represented by Toru Yano versus Jeff Cobb. Double D block action. See what I did there. Yujiro Takahashi versus Shingo Takagi. And Yoshihashi versus Will Ospreay. We're really going to get a good, good, good portrait 
of the D block uh, after these two nights here. What with El Fantasmo and Finley on night 15, then Yujiro, Shingo, Yoshiashi, and Osprey on on uh, the following night, we're going to get a really good picture. Then uh, B block is going to be main eventing. Taichi taking on Jay White. And I promise you, if uh, if uh, Taichi wins this, I think Jay White is winning the block. But if he doesn't, Tamatanga is winning the block. If Jay White wins this match, Tamatanga is winning the block. That's my prediction. Um, and then after that, we have two more nights. Like we're we're literally in the home stretch here. Four more nights of block action. Semifinals, finals. We don't have semifinals very often. We actually we never do. But we're gonna get a, a night of semifinals and then the finals as well. So uh, we're in the home stretch here, folks. We're the the G one is wrapping up, um, and uh, that'll wrap it up for this recap right here. So thank you again very much for tuning in for listening. Leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. Like, subscribe, leave a comment here on YouTube. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you continue to enjoy the G1. I'll be back in a couple of days for the next two nights. In the meantime, have a great time, everyone. We'll see you next time.